0: Broadcasting from Singapore and broadcasting all around
1: the world. You're listening to the Ignite EdTech Podcast with Craig Kemp, created by an educator for educators and streaming to the world. Now, over to your host, Craig Kemp.
0: Hello and welcome to episode 108 of the Ignite EdTech Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Kemp, and I'm honored to have you join us. As most of you know, I continue to work with the incredibly talented Mark Quinn to improve the final audio quality of this podcast. He has his own podcast production studio that provides editing and mastering services to content creators. To connect with Mark, please see the details in the podcast notes below. Last week, I asked you about your current take on conferences and face-to-face learning events. Thank you for sharing. We'll go into your feedback on this later in the episode. This week... I wanted to ask you about how you manage your digital life. What social streams do you use? And how do you stay on top of all of your tasks, tools, and connections? I'd love to hear from you. Please share with us via our Ignite EdTech social streams. A tool that has positively impacted the authentic and purposeful use of technology into classrooms and meeting rooms that I have worked on is Digo. Digo has evolved from a simple bookmarking tool into a collaborative destination for collecting, commenting on and sharing information online users add the digo bookmarklet to their browser's bookmark tab and then use it to save pages to a personal library section on digo when you find a web page worth bookmarking just click on the digo let button to add a sticky note to the page highlight certain keywords in one of four colors and save it to your digo library Users can also designate the page as something to read later, or share it with other users via Facebook, Twitter, or email. You can also search for content through Digo using Google, or by typing in a term and searching other users' bookmark libraries. Kids can learn how to manage online content with Digo's various features. They can search for, bookmark, organize, annotate, collaborate, and share resources they find online. They can also learn about numerous subjects by conducting searches with Google or other users' libraries. Digo offers reading and communication skills practice to users who comment on and share bookmarked pages. It also gives teachers a way to share relevant, pre-screened website content with notes to reinforce any lessons in the text. Good research assignments can help kids learn to collaborate and express multiple viewpoints when discussing which pages are the most applicable. I highly recommend that you take a look at the link in the description below, Digo.com. Last week, we talked about Asia and my take on face-to-face learning events. If you're interested in learning more, go back and listen to last week's episode. This week, I wanted to talk about your feedback on face-to-face learning and conferences and dive into some ideas that you shared. Tom from the UAE said, The days of sending staff around the world are gone, in my opinion. Why would any school in their right mind send staff to another country to learn when learning is accessible within our own school building, in the area, or online at the touch of a button? It's time to change. Thanks, Tom. Powerful stuff. While I agree that rethinking the way we spend our budgets, I do think there is some power in face-to-face connections for networking, as highlighted in last week's episode. Erin from New Zealand said, Our cluster of schools has agreed to pool our money, invest in online solutions, and bring in experts rather than send people out. We have a focus each term, and our experts match our needs. We do the outreach and bring in virtually or physically to support the bulk of our staff. Online learning supports everyone and everything else in between. It has been a refreshing change for most of us. Thanks, Erin. I love the model, and I can't wait to chat more about the work you're doing. I also understand the most of us comment. These things are not going to always support everybody. The best we can do is listen, learn, and adapt. And finally, Hannah, who's based in China, said, I've lived as an expat teacher in China for four years now, and things have changed considerably. We do not have access to quality learning at the touch of a button, apart from the expertise of our staff. As a small school, our budgets are not big enough to fly people in, nor are they big enough to send our staff out. For the last three years, we've done everything in-house. COVID has forced us to use what is at our fingertips. It took us a long time to adapt, but now we're in a good place. It's not easy learning through a device and teaching through a device, but we have to realize that changing ways... As countries start to open up, I think a hybrid learning space, as you highlighted in the episode last week, Craig, is the way to go. We have to take advantage of quality online learning spaces and build a culture of learning in our buildings in order to thrive. Thank you so much, Hannah. I really appreciate this, and I can't even imagine what you've gone through with COVID, being isolated for so long. As we say in New Zealand, kia kaha, which means be strong. Thank you to everyone who reached out and for sharing your thoughts. To learn more... Please connect and follow on your social channel of choice and don't hesitate to reach out with your thoughts and ideas. Every week, I bring you a short interview with some of my edu heroes an engaging learning conversation with someone who makes a difference in education every day with a particular focus or angle towards educational technology. This week, I had the pleasure of chatting with Michael Cohen. Let's have a listen to the chat. Today, I have the honor of speaking with Michael Cohen who many of you will know as at the tech rabbi on Twitter with over 27,000 followers. Michael and I have been connected for many years, and I'm constantly inspired by his work and sharing in this space. Michael is a designer, educator, and co-founder of Ed3 Educators, a global community dedicated to reimagining education through the magic of Web3. Michael, it's a pleasure to have you on the show today. Are you ready to talk about education and technology integration?
1: yeah absolutely excited to chat and i I was trying to remember the the last time we had a chance to record a conversation it was it was a good couple years ago so i'm I'm excited for part two
0: yeah man there's a, a lot's changed since then so it's an exciting time to be able to reconnect thanks for jumping on i appreciate it absolutely why don't you start by telling us a little bit about your current role and what inspires you to do what you do
1: My current role is uh, just another iteration of what I've been doing for probably about the past eight years, which is this director of innovation title. So I was recruited by a school in uh, Miami Beach after uh, assuming this role for a number of years in, in L.A. schools. It lets me really explore the, the boundaries of what is possible beyond traditional learning experiences for students. So what does STEM look like in the real world? And, and we're actually trying to apply it beyond just raw skills. What is entrepreneurial thinking and, and acts of entrepreneurship look like? And, and really just how can we make our students more creative and curious? And so I, I do that Pretty much full-time, but for some reason, full-time for me isn't full-time enough. And so in in my spare time, uh, I've been on an adventure since uh, probably about May 2021, trying to understand this uh, this new Web3 iteration of the internet and and trying to find ways to apply it in education. I'm sure we'll dig into that a little bit later, but those are really the two focuses. So the tech rabbi is obsessed with Web3 and... You know, my day job is, you know, working in a K-12 institution trying to bring innovation to students.
0: Man, the the work that you do is so inspiring. I don't know how you do it all. You know, prior to pushing record on this, we were talking about the multitude of things that you do, and it really is inspirational, Michael. You know, people listening here, um, we won't even get into half of the things that you do in your time, as well as being, you know, a family man, a dad, and all of those other things that sometimes we have to stop and prioritize and that's what we were talking about prior to recording is you know that work-life balance um i'm really curious about this web3 space michael we're starting to see it pop up a lot online it's becoming more than just a buzzword now and many educators listening here will probably have a limited understanding of web3 and the metaverse what's the best way to describe these for those that have never heard of it before
1: so Web3 is a opportunity for users of the internet to not just be creators and curators and community builders, all of these things that exist already and in, in web two. And you know, just a disclaimer, you know, for me and 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 the time I've spent in the space, we're definitely not in web three. We're aiming for web three. We're probably in like web two point three five. I feel like it's an iOS update, but the the Web three uh, eth- ethos the, the, the conceptualization of Web three is this this idea of ownership that the things the content the data the experiences we actually own those and they carry us uh, they carry they carry on with us and that is something that is is not true of Web two Web two uh, the data is owned by these massive companies that uh, use the data use our our well-being as well to ensure that there's profitability. And so that profitability uh, is something that can potentially be put in the hands of the uh, users of the Internet at large, as well as the decision and the choice how that data is accessible and distributed trying to find ways, of course, to bring that into education in an authentic way. And it doesn't always have to end up being, well, let's do a Web3 project or a project-based learning Web3. It can very much be a, a serious intellectual journey into how the future of the internet is evolving so that our students can be well-versed in the technology uh, and, and also start to focus uh, some more evergreen types of strategies and, and and sets of skills that have been pretty constant in the. Uh, evolution of the internet so that even if web3 disappears those skills will live on because we've already seen the past two decades storytelling community building marketing communication design art like all of these things exist and web3 is amplifying all of those
0: i love that explanation michael it's really important for people to not just hear that but actually dive deeper into that and use this as a springboard into jumping into this space. It doesn't mean that you have to be fully immersed in it, but I think you're doing yourself and your students a disservice if you don't have an understanding at least of Web3 and what is coming because there are some big changes on the horizon. There's a lot of amazing stuff happening behind the scenes and and you're involved in one of those major projects. You're the co-founder of Ed3 Educators, Tell us about this, Michael. What's happening in this space for you?
1: I'm really excited. I'm I'm really hopeful, and I I enjoy the curiosity that uh, that comes with this this new such space. It's a it's like an ever evolving type of experience. But the reason that I say all of that is that I I've 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 had two sort of strong feelings about ed tech and technology and education at large. So there is. Uh, definitely, a desire to make education fun and exciting, and bringing in technology uh, is a way to do that. But we definitely saw over the years, you know, things like virtual reality and augmented reality really promise some 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 incredible ways of disrupting education, and it, it never really quite got there. I think now, over the past probably three or four years, but I definitely remember, uh, you know, having. Uh, an obsession with these types of of technology experiences. And it just, it, it didn't quite get to where we hoped it got to. And I think that with web three, what I'm excited about is, is not necessary that I'm early because being early is also stressful. You know, people are like, why are you focusing on this? you know is this even like a priority there's so many other important things especially you know given you know covid and and, and re- you know recovering from a really challenging couple years you know as as educators and and as an institution of education but what i think is important for educators to understand when we look at Uh, How Web3 can help build community, how it can build experiences, whether it's, you know, the Ed3 Educator Project, the the Ed3 DAO, which is this decentralized community of educators, is about finding ways that we can help our students take advantage of having a head start in the future of the internet, where we really missed the bar with social and creator content type platforms you know it wasn't about like how to become an influencer or like how to you know how to get followers but how to create content how to tell a story how to identify skills and and ideas and insights that could bring value and and get to practicing those types of experiences which doesn't mean okay third grade classroom we're all going to create videos and we're going to put them on youtube and and put you as a third grader out into the into the you know the the world like no not necessarily but there were there are definitely ways that we missed the mark in taking that serious. And we see the gig and creator economy are now billion dollar industries. And there are tons of people that are making a successful living, creating and doing what they love. So Web3, we can't we can't miss that mark. We can't ignore it. We can't say, well, you know, crypto is a scam and, and this and that. And, and it's not authentic. It's not real. It's just a fad. They said that about the, the internet at, at large, right? You can watch videos, uh, interviews when they were, you know, people were mocking Jeff Bezos, the idea that people are going to buy things on the internet. Like you have to critically evaluate and critically think about this. So it's it's not you know, the tech rabbi saying, just believe in this and, and, and go all in. But you, you have to help your students make sense of that. And the only way to do that is for you as an educator to make sense of it. And so being part of, uh, communities and, and, and gatherings and conversations around what Web3 is, what's the potential, what's the possibility, what's the upside, what's the downside, what, what is the, the digital safety, digital literacy, financial literacy, all of these, these elements about it. And Ed3 does that. Ed3 educators is focused on providing the community and and really the space to explore this.
0: Yeah, super exciting, Michael. And on top of everything else you do, and you know we're only scratching the surface here. You're a published author. Tell us a little bit about your book and why we should be engaging
1: there. You know, I I, I wrote a book called Educated by Design. Uh, January first, two thousand nineteen. It was released, and it was really a moment of me trying to capture the way in which i look at creativity which i think is very different than than many do and there there are amazing creative minds in in art and design and industry that i i saw a pattern and i thought well what if we could find a way to capture this in education and really provide those opportunities for not just educators to reveal their creativity, because I think that educators have such a powerful creative expression to captivate and and build curiosity and and excitement in in young learners. But then how do you build that with students? So I captured 10 principles of creativity in a book to really show that creativity isn't art or music or some sort of expression, but it's, it's a thought process and it's a way of dealing and interacting and interfacing with the world and with others. It's still... An awesome moment for me because I think that those that read the book really appreciate uh, the insights, the stories, the the practical lessons and activities. What has been hard for me, though, you know, as as we we talk about creativity, is that uh, educators' creativity was really sucked out of them over the past couple years. And so, even though it, there was this moment of like everyone was was excited and energized, and then it's like, no, now we just have to figure out how to like set Zoom up for you know 25 third graders or 25 kindergartners right like this is pre-k I mean I, I had I had a, a year two kindergartner uh, son going you know in in the in the height of the pandemic so I, I can empathize and, uh, and and sympathize with uh, with educators but you know the book was really about about that creative process and I think educators are uh, excited again about it uh, and people on web 3 as well as i you know interface in that community are also surprised like i wrote this book and, and they're excited about it as well
0: yeah it's super exciting mate and we'll make sure the link to all of the stuff you talk about here uh, in the podcast notes here so people listening can jump in and explore and and take a look at your work because it is truly inspirational let's jump into some quick fire questions first thing that comes to your head and maybe a brief why What's your favorite edtech book or resource?
1: You know, it's, it's it's funny. I it sounds it sounds like messed up because I'm like so involved in this edtech space. But I don't really read I don't really read edtech books. I feel like I read books about different types of of strategies in education and different types of movements. And I think I'm I lean more towards the resource. And I think that, you know, resource wise, it's it sounds it sounds kind of crazy, but the, the thing that, that excites me the most when I think about resources is Twitter, <laughs> right? Because, you know, it's like, is Twitter a tool? I mean, it's, a, it's an app, but it, it's, it's really a place where content is shared in a way where it's, it's instantly validated, whether, whether it's good or not. And I think, For better for worse the education community is is very open and and honest and, and critical constructively critical or maybe not constructively critical about content that's put out there but i think that when i look back at the the most value i've got whether it's finding blog articles or lesson ideas or connecting with other educators that i can learn from i think that twitter is definitely that resource
0: yeah Uh, Couldn't agree more. What about any other ed tech tools that the listeners might like to try? Maybe things that you use in your daily practice in your school or your students engage with and love. Is there anything that um, you would like to shout out to as well?
1: I love Wakelet and I I have used Wakelet in a couple of different ways. And I think that one of the, the things that's really powerful about it is just the 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 sheer magnitude of curation that is possible with it and whether it's in my own professional development or whether it's you know capturing you know a series of different content types for my students i feel like it it's it's different than a google doc it's it's different than a website uh, or a blog it just it allows you to copy and paste any type of content and curate a, a really powerful you know sort of artifact series and i think that you know a solid second place is going to be microsoft flip because i just once again if i can give my students a voice or give them a different way to respond and engage in conversation it's going to be meaningful for them
0: yeah that's awesome uh Two really amazing tools um, that we'll link to here, uh, but I've had good experience using them as well, and I fully endorse those shout-outs. What's one daily habit or practice, Michael, that helps you enjoy, progress, and succeed in your career?
1: I'm trying to like reel in you know, my professional experiences, so to speak. And I think the, the, the thing that I do right now that is – really important. I think it's important for, for educators that, you know, whether you're you're a classroom educator that has 30 to 200 students that you're responsible for, you know, educating and, and supporting, or whether you're, you know, a, a content creator as a side hustle or like wh- wherever you are in, in your education journey, I think being able to uh, reflect uh, at night and just kind of take a few minutes, put the phone away. And, and just look at look for the positives. I think right now is something that many times we get caught up in, you know, we gotta be better. We're always, you know, I think educators are naturally uh, self-critical uh, because if our students aren't succeeding, you know, we, we take responsibility. So being able to have like that, you know, we went through the whole day and like, let's find and celebrate and appreciate the, the good that, that's occurred. Because I don't think we get a chance enough to to celebrate and and really acknowledge that in our in ourselves.
0: Yeah, very, very cool. Michael, what's the best way for listeners to follow and connect with you because you've shared so much insight here. I know there's people that are going to want to chat and learn more. How can they do that?
1: Well, the tech Rabbi is on basically every platform. you know if 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 you find my account and ping me those that are listening, But the best platform to really engage with me is twitter dms are open or you know just tweet at me uh, with a question with an idea and happy to to connect and and keep the conversation going
0: awesome michael thank you so much for your time today super inspirational
1: well thank you so much for having me it was great to to connect again and, and have this conversation
0: week, join me for episode 109 of the Ignite EdTech podcast when I'm joined by Brandy Wright. If you enjoyed today's episode, please follow us and share the podcast with your PLN and colleagues. Please remember to spend a few minutes to rate this podcast too on your podcast channel of choice so we can reach even more educators and edtech enthusiasts globally. Remember, you have the chance to win as well. Check out the links in the description for more and I'll see you again next week.
1: If you like today's episode, please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss another episode and be in the drawing to win prizes every week. If you know others that would enjoy the show, please hit that share button and brighten their day. Join us again next week for your weekly EdTech hit with at Mr. Kemp NZ. We'll see you again soon.